How's everyone doing? My name is Omar J. De Jesus, and I am the host of Second Chance, Voices of the Unheard. My podcast talks about the second chance people receive after doing time in an institution, innocent or guilty, while changing a poisonous narrative of prisoners' perception. For the most part, people returning to society are outcasted. So my job is to give people an opportunity and a platform to tell a story. Everyone deserves a second chance in life. So, I want to say peace and blessings to everyone who is listening and who is faithful at listening to my podcast. I really appreciate the support and everything that everyone does. I'm just a messenger passing forward a message. Today, I want to talk about gun violence in marginalized communities because it's, it's a problem that's plagued our communities for many years. I was no different than them. I personally indulged in negative behavior like that in my life. Am I innocent? Absolutely not. But am I that person today? Absolutely not. After my incarceration, I've learned so much about me and life in general. And some of the things that I've done in my life, I'm not proud of. But unfortunately, it, it occurred. And things happen, you know. I'm very forgiven. Meaning, I forgave myself. And I don't know the effects of trauma that was caused upon people. Um, but I apologize to them as well. And for whoever that has not received an apology from me, I am sorry. But like I said, when you're ignorant and you don't know no better, you're not educated, you make unwise choices and decisions that will leave a lifetime of scars. But that was never my intentions. I thought the way I was living was correct. In all reality, I wasn't living. But that's another story. So I want to talk a little about the policymakers and gun reform activists emphasize the disproportionate effect on gun violence on marginalized communities. How there is more gun violence in communities that's been ravaged with poverty, violence, and all the things that comes with living in poverty. So, so one thing I've learned is people in a sense do things for a name. Growing up, some of the people I grew up around, they was well known in the community uh, for the wrong reasons. But those are what those are the people that we looked up to because we didn't have anyone to image or mirror success in our community that was a doctor or lawyer, um, anyone with a career, a policeman, a fireman, or whatever else um, professional. We looked up to the dealers, the pushers, 
the pimps, the, you know, everybody that was underground, because that's how I grew up, you know, and I idolized those people. Unfortunately, um, those are the wrong people you want to idolize. But at the end of the day, there's really nothing you can do, because, like I said, if you knew better, you'd do better. So I didn't know no better. Besides, my cousin, he was into that life. And he was murdered in front of me, 1993. And that honestly traumatized me for a very long time. Because... As a child, you don't understand why something would happen to your family member until you realize when you get older the severity of the situation and why it occurred. But the thing is, at that age, you don't understand why things happen. But in life, especially in communities where I grew up at, it happens. You know, um, but at the end of the day, my my mentality was I wasn't going to be like my cousin because I was afraid to get killed. So my thing was defend myself at all costs. Because I didn't want to go out or die like my cousin did. My cousin was 17, by the way. And this was in 1993. That was at the peak of gun violence in New York City. I was about 11 years old. And that right there just like... Was like an introduction to the street for me. Because seeing your cousin, who you looked up to also, at 17, get killed by an older man... 54 years old was mind-boggling and I'm like wow you know all those years I grew up angry besides of some of the things that I experienced in my life with being in home and in the streets being bullied by people when I was younger because I was different you know not different in in, in a way that I was like you know um, bisexual or anything just like they would say I was weird, and I wasn't. I was just me, you know. But people wouldn't understand that because if you're not playing follow the leader and doing things for people to accept you, they look at you like you're a threat or a problem or you're just not one of us, you know. It becomes us versus them mentality. And that, that occurred a lot in my life because I'm very quiet, I'm very humble, I'm very meek, respectful, um, you know, and... And then just people look at that as like different, which was totally fine. But what I'm saying is like my mindset had switched from being an innocent kid to just not innocent anymore because of my cousin's death. Plus some of the other traumatic experiences that I've witnessed and experienced. So and I see the pattern 
this stuff, gun violence, has been going on since I was a kid. I am now 39 years old and it still continues. So this is an issue that needs to get addressed because people innocently, people are dying. Not only the innocent people, people who are found in a situation. And I'm not saying if they're innocent or, or guilty, I don't know. All I'm just saying is that they're at the wrong place at the wrong time and they get caught up in the situation. Or they may have did something, I don't know. But at the end of the day, no one should be, be dying and sh- no one should be playing uh, uh, Mother Nature or God or f- whatever when, when you are making that decision and killing somebody. And once again, I am guilty of this. I went to prison for that. You know, I'm only doing what I feel is right since my life is completely different. I, I was no better than them people, like I said. But at the th- at the end of the day, I my mind has switched to a different person. So I am not who I used to be. I'm different, though someone may try to say, yeah, you're in denial or you don't want to admit what you did was wrong. Yes, I am admitting what I did was wrong, but that's not who I am today. Once again, so I don't want anyone to take it out of context and try to make something more than what it is when it's, you know, I just want to be clear on what I'm speaking on. And this issue is still occurring nowadays. It's not it's not slowing up. And, and the question is, like, why? Why is it occurring? And why does it continue to happen in our communities? You know, uh, though you address it, it's just I feel it's not enough to address it. And the reason why I say is that there's certain programs for certain issues. But when 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 a policeman kills someone, it's a big deal. But people die every day by the hands of somebody and no one really makes it an issue, though there are some people that are making it an issue. But I just hate to see the hypocrisy when someone is protesting for an officer that killed someone and someone that isn't an officer killed someone. There should be no difference. So I feel that, you know, people should just if you're going to be about this issue just don't pick and choose what's applicable to you to make a point when all of it should not happen in general you know um and this is the problem we got kings killing kings you know this is the new kkk this is a problem because what happened is you can't break down the master's tools with the master's tools. You can't break down. Let me reiterate that. You can't break down the master's house with the master's tool. First and foremost, they they are controlling our mind, so they are in control of our body, because this is what they did. They controlled our mind throughout slavery. This is conditional controlling of the mind through Willie Lynch. And now we are out here harming ourselves. So they don't need us anymore to be submissive. 
because we are harming ourselves for whatever the reason may be. Whether it's gangs or drug turf or you looked at me wrong or you, you, you fought it or whatever it may be. It's just not right. And we need to find ways, solutions of addressing these issues. Not only addressing these issues, helping bring more healing to communities that's been affected from gun violence. And that's a problem. So, you know, New York City is where I'm located. And there is a study released by a local newspaper. And the title is York City Gun Violence. A study completed a year ago revealed now called Alarming and Extremely Disturbing. June 7th, 2021. And this is... I don't know if this is New York City, but I'm from New York City. But it's it's, it's just an, a problem. It's always going to be gun violence everywhere you go that deals with poverty. So, and the way to address poverty is you got to abolish the police. You got to take them fundings. Not only take those fundings, we got to push them and disperse those back into the community. And create programs. If not programs, we have to get more. We gotta we gotta stabilize the institutions that's in our community. So we gotta, you know. Stabilize the, the, the institutions in our community so we can better allocate and help the youth decide and make healthier choices. Because if that doesn't occur and gang members in the streets get a hold of our children, we are in some serious trouble. And we're already in some serious trouble because the gun violence is, is at a surge, surge. And this is an epidemic of gun insanity that's going on, you know. So the thing is, New York City, because of gangs, drugs, and a few more elements that, that's occurring in the communities gonna always have violence because one, with everything that's happening to the police, now I don't agree with police over-policing the community. I don't agree with that. And I really don't 
care for the police in a sense where, you know, you need to have a lot of them. But honestly, and I don't want to sound hypocritical, we need police, you know, to keep some kind of order. Because if you don't, it'll be crazy, you know, and I'm not with crazy anymore. When I was younger, I was with crazy, but I don't got time for that. I just want to do everything correct. But at the end of the day, we need we need to have some kind of discipline going around without people feeling like they can just take matters into their own hand like this is the Western days. But at the end of the day, communities will always be affected because lack of jobs, lack of education, lack of food, lack of health, medical attention, you go into debt for medical, lack of housing. So these are things that are very important that people fail to realize. These are essential. You know, these if you want people to be okay, you, they have to be self-sufficient. They can't just have nothing and think everything's going to be okay. Because there's a, a study that says anyone who doesn't graduate high school is a 64% chance of you going to prison. And this is where that school to prison pipeline thing coming into the play, into the picture. So they're trying to say whoever doesn't finish high school goes to prison. And I fell under that statistic because I got a GED. I went to high school, but I didn't graduate from high school. I went and got a GED and I went to prison. Unfortunately, I fit into that that statistic, you know, um, but still. I went and got an NYU degree. So that <laughs> overlooked that. But at the end of the day, you got to fulfill these needs for the people in the community if you want the community to listen. And you got to you gotta give back. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, there's some communities that feel like there's no hope. In the community I lived in, I felt like it was no hope. It was only for me. It was survival. Some of the things that I learned throughout my life was purely out of survival. Not because I wanted to, I had to, to live. That's how serious some of these communities are when it's when there's nothing getting poured into the community and half these politicians don't even care about communities like mine because they don't live there. Their office may be there, but they will not live there. And that's a fact. But at the end of the day, once again, back at, to this, at the end of the day, they are getting money from that community, but they don't really help the community. A lot of these politicians don't do shit for the community. I don't even see block parties anymore. Whatever happened to those? Where you had the the the, 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 the community liaison and they made sure the kids growing up was enjoying block parties and stuff. You don't even see that no more. That The community is not even like it used to be. You know, people don't even help the elderly no more that is just like disgusting growing up that was the thing to do now it's just like no respect it's like whatever's in and that's terrible because it it's just slowly progressing into something worse our communities used to be caring miss jones god bless her she's still living if i was to do something she would call my mother and my mother would whip my ass for doing some bullshit 
Now, don't get me wrong. If my mother see Mrs. Jones and them sons, grandsons and stuff doing something, she going to call them and let her know. And that's the type of shit they had going. And then if I did something, my mother gave Miss Jones permission to whoop my ass, you know. And that's how that went down. You know, but this was a community back then. You know, it takes a village to raise a child. People don't understand that cliche. That is a serious thing. This is why the fuck a motherfucker had morals and manners and respect for the elderly because nowadays they don't even do that. The, the older people are scared of the youth. And that's just completely terrible. But nowadays there's no more respect. And I, I just don't know what happened. I went away for a little bit, but now it's just completely sad it just you don't even see that no more and i never understood that but at the end of the day i look at it like this like there's nothing you can do but just help try to better the community by trying to bring everything together and in, in a sense where People feel a love. People create stuff for the programs, for programs, kind of programs to help the children, you know, because it's it's nowadays with this computer stuff, kids ain't really going out, but when they do go out, they they just hanging out with the wrong people. But nowadays, the kids, they don't like to go out too much and stuff, so, and it's just... It's just sad because there's too many people just going, they just dying because of senseless shit that's going on, man. And I just, I hate the fact that, that stuff gotta happen to like the children or, or maybe an elderly person. Like, that right there is just, it's just terrible when you gotta hear somebody die behind the hands of someone reckless shooting at somebody. And it's just, I look at it like, man, I just don't understand it. Even when I was out there, I wasn't doing that. You know, but like I said, everybody's not the same. The youth is just completely different. And they just don't have no no rules or morals they live by. They just letting it just all go. They don't care. And I just tired of seeing the sad news and the news about innocent people dying cause it don't it don't make sense for that to happen man there's no reason why people gotta die Because people want to live crazy. It don't make sense. So we got a statistic right here. As of Sunday, 246 people had been shot across 220 different incidents since the beginning of 2021. Up 40%. From the same period in 2020 and a 66% rise from two years ago. The last time New York City saw this many shootings incidents by late March was in 2012. 
terrible, man. It's just like people just going crazy. A recent spate, spate of gunfire on three separate days this month at the public housing complex, Woodside Houses in Queens, highlights the shortage of violence blanketing the city. So now they talk about this guy that got injured. On Wednesday, a 32-year-old man was injured in a shooting at the building complex. They came after a mother of two was shot and killed after getting caught in crossfire earlier this month. Terrible. And a 29-year-old was shot multiple times on Tuesday afternoon. Local leaders rallied against the violence on Thursday in the neighborhood among 10 precincts where violence prevention groups are anticipated to expand by the summer. See, that's what they need. This continued surge in gun violence follows a year where 280 shooting incidents led to murders, the highest mark since 2011. Last summer, New York City had just begun to reopen as COVID-19 deaths receded when a different epidemic broke out. And that's the gun epidemic, stuff that's been happening. Look, it says, New York City shooting incidents classified as murders, 26 to 2020. It says, Jeffrey Butts, the director of the Research and Evaluation Center at John Jay College of Criminal Justice, says that the pandemic has exacerbated societal shortcomings that existed well before the health crisis. Drastic changes to life, such as rampant job loss in the past years, could have spurred the spike in gun violence, reverse, reversing consistent reduction in gun violence since the early 1990s, when the number of shooting incidents reached more than 5,000. Last year, there were 1,531 shootings. Murders in 2021 are also down 24% relative to 11 years ago as of Sunday. So, it's crazy because this has been going on forever and a day. I honestly know like about nine people that got killed. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it could be even more that got killed by gun violence. And it's terrible. You know? So... It just, it says, you know, gun violence has grown at the in, at an epidemic pace, much like the virus. You know, people don't see that, that gun violence is a virus. People are dying at a high rate, and it's just, it's terrible. You know, and even with this COVID stuff, people are stressed out. People are not going nowhere. People are at home. They're angry. You know, they don't got no money. They're probably homeless, you know, mental health issues, traumatic. Uh, they're going through all type of things. And it's just, it's not easy. They probably lost somebody, you know. You know, gun violence is a disease in itself. You know, one that also needs more research funding to understand. You know, the thing about that is it's a public health crisis. But the they're not funding it. They just, like, they don't care because it's us killing us. They don't care about marginalized communities. They don't care about that. Public health fundings are very low in our communities for a reason. And it's not designed that way because, no, it's designed that way for a reason. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy because you got these mass shooters who's killing a lot of people. 
the majority of them is white. But you don't hear them talk about that. But they are stressed the fuck out our communities about certain shit. And that's terrible. You got these mass shooters that kill more motherfuckers than a little bit. And they don't even get looked at. You know what I'm saying? But that's white supremacy for you. White privilege. White supremacy. White power. All that bullshit they be talking about. That old neo-Nazi national liberal. Get the fuck out of it with that. But at the end of the day, we are going through a traumatic experience just living in the communities where we live because of gun violence, poverty, homelessness, uh, no jobs, food, like hungry. You know, it's a whole bunch of shit going on and they're not even paying us no mind because they don't give a fuck about us. That's without a doubt, you know, but, you know, that's fucking terrible. And it ain't, and it's so hard because you see it happening. And it's like, what could I do? You know? I mean, I have an idea on what I want to do, and I will execute what I'm going to do. But right now, it's just an idea. When that time comes, though, it will, it will be. Something that I bring to life. You know, so, you know, we got to just keep fighting the fight and just trying to help in this pandemic because we can't win. We're just dying all over the place. COVID, gun violence, cancer, health health and heart disease. You know what I'm saying? We're just like, if we don't get a hold of ourselves, it's just, oh my God. So that's just... Fucking terrible. Yeah, man. But what can we do? You know, we just got to keep fighting the fight and and try to give it the best we could and just look at it, you know, from a learned experience and just try to connect the dots in a sense where we all come together because that's the thing about community. We come in together in unity so we all can make a change because we can't do it by ourselves if we don't come together as one and trust me when we come together as one we're going to be more powerful than anything just got to stay on the same page so I would like to say thanks to everyone who is listening to my podcast thanks to every organization in prison that has helped me change my perspective in life. A quick shout out to Osborne, AVP, Pace, Defy Network, NYU's Prison Education Program, Thrive for Life, Ignacio House. And remember, no one wants to do time, but we all need time. With every disappointment lies a gem of wisdom. Good night, peace and blessings, and I'm out of here.